You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. All right, folks, what's good? Uh, another episode of Ain't No Seeds podcast. And the Kansas football Jayhawks just keep winning football games. I don't even know what to say about this one. There's there's big things we got to talk about. But they're 7-2, first time since 2008. And this was really a game where they were the better football team from the beginning until really pretty much the entire, you know, until the end. So it's awesome to watch KU really just dominate not dominate but you know up front we seemed like the better team offensively we were the better team defensively we were the better team coaching wise we were the better team it's crazy to be in a spot where we can watch Kansas football games and expect that so uh B turn start with you I ask you every time like we we show up and we're like oh my gosh we won again we're seven and two at what point do we just say this team's gonna win they might win out I mean how do we feel about this team right now yeah, I was kind of saying this last night that I'm just I'm done holding back takes on Kansas football just because of our past. Like we've Kansas has shown that they can compete with the best teams in the league all year. Even we talk about the game in Austin where they last second didn't know who the quarterback was going to be, and we're still in that game late in third. They obviously beat Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma State ends up being a really good team. They competed down there, and then yeah, this this. Saturday, obviously, are in Ames. Haven't won there since 2008. So I'm done holding back takes. And it's exactly how you want to start um, on the road. You get a three and out on defense, and then you go score. Kind of dominated the first half. The defense was flying around. Iowa State couldn't move the ball. The defense looked great. So loved winning in Ames. Loved hearing them boo the entire game. Um, their fan base drives me crazy, but it feels really good to win in Ames. And we've been the better team the last two weeks against Oklahoma and in Ames, so yeah. just really, really fun watching a competent coaching staff. Yeah, and we'll talk more about our guy Andy Kotelnicki because he put on show. But uh, AB, I got to go to you because you were having a little bit of fun on Twitter afterwards, dancing on some graves, and uh, I mean, there's still more to be danced on. I think we are one win away from AB having an all-time call your shot on this podcast. We probably don't need to talk a ton about it, but just talk me through what's going through your evil brain as you uh, look forward to, and even already have um, just gotten all over fan bases that that question this KU football team. Yeah, um, I've got a few tweets bookmarked. Uh, we'll wait until uh, until the, uh, the wins get to eight or nine. Uh, it would be really sweet because I think the video I said more than eight wins. If we pick up win number nine against K-State, I might retire after that night on Twitter.com. Um, yeah. I will say this, though, in that episode when we talked about best case, and I was semi-serious when I said 10-2, and two, but, like, kind of kidding. It appears that might just be the fucking 75% of the season with your backup quarterback for Lance Leipold to get double-digit wins. So maybe we should just be talking playoff going into next year. I don't know. It's insane what this dude does, and I hope he sticks around because the more that he wins – the hotter his name gets, and I don't think he's going to leave. I'm not going to predict predict he's going to leave, but at some point, there might just be an offer he cannot refuse. So, 
Uh, that's not a bad problem to have. That's honestly like we've been begging for yeah. this forever. So we're yeah, to it, enjoy it, but it's well, crazy. we're we're a win away in Stillwater from actually firing off college football playoff takes on this podcast tonight. Yeah. Like they would be inside the top ten. I know that's what made me say last night that I'm done holding back take because I was like. I was just thinking about winning that game and how we would have been in the conversation. It sounds crazy, but why like why is it crazy? You'd be inside the top ten, you'd be eight and one. Um, you would literally win out if you won out and won in the Big Twelve title game against probably a team that we can compete with, they would have had a shot to make the playoff. And it sounds crazy, but they're literally a win away in Stillwater where they kind of controlled the game at least late, had a chance to put it away from being inside the top ten in the country when the uh, rankings get revealed in a couple days. With three games left where, I mean, K-State will see, but like I think they're going to be favored the rest of the way. Like we would be in the top 10 with, oh my gosh. So <laughs> it, it's wild. And, and like AB said, it's crazy to, th- I mean, we did that whole podcast where, you know, I thought it's just hilarious looking back on our best case scenario conversation because, I mean, you guys are like, well, it's 10 and 2. And I'm like, well, if we're really doing best case scenario, if we're going to be that crazy with it, let's just say we go undefeated, win the college football playoff. Like, that's the best case scenario. Little did we know that that might have been the best case scenario for this team. Who knows? Um, but now we're at a point where you can 100% say that the best case scenario for this team is to go 10 and 2 and have a shot. Of, I mean, it's it seems to be an outside shot, but they have a shot at playing in the Big 12 championship game in Arlington. I remember getting texts from people when we jokingly talked about them getting to Arlington. Um, some saying they loved it, some being like, You guys are insane. Uh, they're a late hit, late hitter offsides call away from literally controlling their destiny. Like, maybe even what AB, we could if they would have won that game, they could maybe lose, we could drop one more and potentially make it. Like they they had a great shot to make it. So yeah, we were probably a penalty away from putting that game away. I'm not saying they would have won, but yeah, it's crazy. And even in those predictions, like best case, I don't know why we were so skeptical. I think the only reason is just our history. But I guess like credit to AB because he obviously believed um, in KU and that we can we talked about it all off season and at the beginning of the year that we showed we could compete with any team in the country last year. So it's like. I don't know why we were skeptical to go crazy about best take, but they really, I think we can beat anyone in the league. I don't see why they couldn't. I mean, you all, you got to remember last year we did get off to the hot start, but we still lost six of our final, what, seven games? Like, so, I mean, obviously the progress, and we were competing in most of those games outside of, I think, Texas, but, like, the progress is there, and so, yes, there were tons of possibilities for this season that we're seeing to happen. But, and we got to talk, I do not want to make this a Jason Bean, Jalen Daniels podcast because no, this is a Jason Bean. This is, I think, and so I guess that's where I'm going to say, start. We're seven and two and Jason Bean is pretty much the reason we are seven and two. Like he's been the guy, you could argue that Jalen got us the Illinois win and the BYU win, but like, I think we probably win those games with Jason Bean. So, like Jason Bean, AB, you 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 brought a question last week to me and a, uh, me and Beecher, where you said, "At what like are we sure if JD comes back that it's his 
team. Like, is he the starter? And I was kind of like, dude, no, yes, of course it is. Bean was not good against OU was my whole point, but he did come up big. Now, that has completely flipped in a week. Jason Bean looked as confident as he's looked all year. He was phenomenal all night, made some absurd throws with some help from some absurd catches. But, I mean, is this Jason Bean's team now? Like, what would have to happen? Let's say Jalen does come back next week. I don't think he will. But if he did, you can't not start Jason Bean, can you? No, it's like at the point where you just kind of have to, I would just say Jalen's done for the year, like. Because if he does, if if he doesn't come back this week, you're not going to put him in in a rivalry game against K State with only one other game after that. You're not going to put him in for the season finale unless they're not really playing for anything and they just want to get him reps. But that just feels like a weird time to bring a guy back from missing two and a half months. So like, yeah, there's I mean, I, it, to me it just like it takes away the question inside the locker room. Maybe there's not. Maybe they're telling us a different story than they're telling everybody else. But. I mean, what Big Twelve title game would maybe be the only thing, and then at that point, right. if Bean gets you to the Big Twelve title game, you can't just bench the guy. Maybe you throw, maybe it's an ordeal where we throw two quarterbacks at K State or something, kind of like what they do with Will Howard and um, right. Avery. But yeah, I mean, how can you bench Bean at this point? Even after the OU game, we kind of said that it's like one of the biggest wins in program history, and then you go on the road and win a game in Ames, a game you haven't won in 15 years. and hadn't We hadn't won back-to-back league games in 15 years, and Jason Bean just did that. So um, yeah. I, I just so, I just, I wanted to talk about just him in general for a second. I mean, I'm, Rye, I'm pretty, I'm sure you'll agree with this. AB, I don't know, but when, when they... When Iowa State made it a three-point game, I was shitting bricks. Like, there's no way the offense is going to move it. They end up scoring, and then Iowa State scores again, and they need a must. Um, they have to convert to close the game out, and they do it again. But ever since that fourth and six against Oklahoma, I think you guys and KU fans would agree, you can just tell he's confident, he's poised, he's making the throws, he's not really making bad decisions. The only thing you can really – uh, be upset about from last night against Iowa State is not running, um, and that's kind of a deal where you, he cannot get hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think the fear we all felt when he got hurt was like, oh, yeah, maybe don't run because mm-hmm. that was a terrifying thought to see someone else trotting out to play quarterback. So but when they made it, when they made it a three-point game, um, I was convinced that KU would just pull the run it run it, and we're facing a third and seven, third and eight. But first play, he kind of runs fake option to the right, comes back, Lawrence Arnold touchdown, one play, 80-yard, 75-yard drive, whatever it was. And that if you go three and out there, that place is going nuts. They get really good field position. You might lose that game. I was terrified we were going to lose. But I thought the offense was so poised late. Kotal Nicky, we said we'd talk about him. He was unbelievable. Like He is just genius. Um, and Bean, Bean was so clutch. Casey made another clutch catch, so that was huge. Think about, you mentioned the fourth and six or whatever, fourth and seven, I can't even remember, against OU where Bean just steps up, makes the throw. But also think about how open Lawrence Arnold was on that play, right? I mean, that was something that Kotelnicki drew up, just worked perfect. And I think back to last night, we had a third and seven, late in the game that we needed to basically seal the game 
and Luke Grimm wide open for a first down. So, like, Kotelnicki, on top of the play you just mentioned, that was that and the freaking Jared Casey, like, high ball. I mean, I was scared. I love to say it. He was in his bag last night. It is crazy to think about. We're not only converting these huge plays where we have to convert, we're not even coming close to not converting them because whatever action we're running is just working so well that all it takes is Jason Bean to step up and just throw a pretty, I mean, it would take a disaster for us to not convert on some of these. So, I mean, we 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 are terrified of the thought of Lance Leipold leaving, and that is always going to be a fear. But the possibility of Kotelnicki leaving potentially before Lance does to get his own head coaching job is also one that I am terrified of because we can talk about Jason Bean versus Jalen Daniels it doesn't matter. I mean, they're both phenomenal. And the most exciting thought about the two of these guys is that maybe this is just what quarterbacks are going to look like in Andy Kotelnicki and Lance Leipold's system running the stuff they do. Like, it's crazy how Bean has just been able to come in and still be, and we'll talk, I think we have the numbers, like a top three to five quarterback in the Big 12 this year. Nuts. Yeah, he was, what, third in the league, QBR-wise or something, behind yeah, Gabriel and... He had a 90 in the country. He had a 90. I know some people um, are kind of tough on PFF, but he had a 90.8 PFF passing grade last night, which. So here's the tweet. Yeah, that is insane. Jason Bean is now number 20 nationally in total QBR for the season, which ranks third in the Big 12 behind Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers. He, I mean, it is, it is crazy that Kotonicki and Lance, and also just obviously credit to Bean and Jalen Daniels, but like we have two top five quarterbacks in the Big 12 on our roster. And then, don't, I mean, we can get to the running back talk too, but like, <laughs> great, this team is good. This team is really freaking good. Like that was the main thing I feel like last night was like, I think that OU game was like a step into like a new level for this rebuild. And it went yeah. from like, you know, we celebrated. It was like this amazing moment to then last night was just a cool like, yeah, we showed up. We were the better team. We silenced a crowd and we just dominated the game from the jump like we were better. And that is a pretty cool thing to see from KU. So, yeah, I think the OU game definitely like just the self-belief within within the building. And obviously last night they get it to a three point game. That's a crazy environment. And then, so we've won, the KU's won two tight games back-to-back weeks against the top 10 undefeated team in the country and then maybe the toughest environment in the league. So, yeah, just winning those tight games, it's just crazy how much they progress year by year. Even Lance's first year where they go 2-10, and 10, they're competing. Last year, they're not winning the tight games, but then this year, now they are. And not even, like, even with us three, the Texas game, like, you don't really even walk away from that game crazy disappointed, right? Like, you gave up a ton of yards. And that's a game that probably murdered Bean's um, passer rating or whatever. He's 20th in the country. That probably killed him with no week to prepare. And he obviously struggled that day. But there's no game you really walk away disappointed with. Even Texas, you're in it late in the third quarter. And then Oklahoma State was a coin flip late. So they're yeah. they're competing every week. I think, man, yeah, they. I mean, they are. They're a good football team. Like, we, we've known that um, for a while. We just, I feel like we have a tough time going getting all in just because of our past before Lance got here yeah uh okay we spent some time on Bean and we can talk a little more about him but 
I also want to talk about KU defense, but before mm-hmm. we do that, let's talk about home field apparel. Um, we love them. We we talk about them every single week. They've got the greatest stuff. Before I ask B-Turn, are you wearing it? Okay, good. I always want to make sure you're wearing the right brand. Um, but homefieldapparel.com, go check them out. We love their stuff. They've got the unique designs. I was just looking at this piece. I don't know, uh, for those of you watching on video, this this crew neck, little KU football action, solid. So hot. I mean, Vintage-ish. Oh, I mean, oh, and I don't know. Are we allowed to say that, Nick? Nick, our producer. Yeah, they tweeted it out. Okay. They're bomber. releasing KU bomber jackets, which I don't know if you guys have seen the Syracuse bomber jackets and a few other schools. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable stuff. So I'm, I haven't even seen the bomber jackets yet. Um, so go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. We love them. You will not be disappointed. We promise you that. So quick break, and we will be back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so I promised myself I would not let us come on here and spend an entire episode talking nothing but Jason Bean, Devin Neal, Quinn Skinner, which we, I mean, that guy was incredible. Lawrence Arnold. We talk about the offense, and they deserve it because they're an absolute electric factory. But we got to talk about the KU defense. I mean, Melo Dotson, Kobe Bryant, the defensive line just worked Iowa State yesterday. Um, A.B., you seem fired up to talk about KU defense. What, I mean, <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts? I just, I'm so excited. Like, that's... It's a very – I think that's why we're so much better this year is last year, yeah, the offense was sick, but you really just had to outscore teams and win 55-42 or whatever that West Boss score was. Um, this year, like, I don't think the defense is awesome, but they're certainly good enough to get you big stops, like, fairly consistently when you need them. We saw it in the Oklahoma game multiple times where do or die, you need a three and out here or we're done. They got it. They lead the country in defensive touchdowns. They're tied for first in that with four. Uh, Melo Dotson back back weeks with him. It felt like Becht was under pressure constantly last night, like immediately. And that's something that we've had good edge rushers before, but it's never really been a thing where we got consistent pressure on quarterbacks and they would just eat us alive. That changes everything. And I don't know. I'm just I'm fired up because it's we I can't I can't tell you how many times last year we thought. Oh, well, we're down 14, but, you know, it's late in the first half. Let's get a score here, and then we get the ball out of halftime. Then we can go score again, and we're back to even, and then we can just kind of play back and forth and see what happens. 
It's not like that this year. You don't have to think about that as much. It's just like, all right, well, the defense is out there. Like the Chiefs, same thing. Like you just trust that they're going to get a stop every once in a while or make a big explosive play to go score or put us in position to score because it happens almost every time they go out there. So, yeah, I'm fired up about it because, shit, they're going to lead KU to a 9 or 10 win year. It's it's I can't even comprehend it. Like, think about how many momentum-changing plays they've made. BYU, Kenny Logan, pick six. We're down at half. Like, they had the ball coming out. Pick six right away. KU takes the lead. They end up finishing that game off. And then the pick six against Gabriel last week, the pick six um, last night. Like, it's insane. They make big plays every week. It feels like they get in the end zone somehow. Even in Texas, dude, in Austin, they kept us in it. They couldn't score inside the red zone or inside the 10. Um, but, yeah, it's it's wild. The defense, I think they kind of wore down late in the game maybe. I, they weren't finishing tackles. And Beck actually finished 20 of 26. So, I don't – which that seems kind of wild to me. He was completing a ton of passes late. But I was – we've talked about Austin Booker a ton, and he's obviously a beast. Can you can you imagine if Lonnie would have came back? <laughs> and we had those two coming off the edge, and Lonnie obviously had a year left, and he went undrafted. So, I wonder if he thinks about – coming back but those two coming off the edge would have been insane it awesome booker i've been i swear the guy gets bigger and more trim and quicker every week where i'm just like this dude i know that is i yeah i don't know i don't know a whole lot about he's evaluating nfl talent but like i feel like awesome back awesome booker is going to make tons of money one day like is that crazy to say i know there's he's probably not on draft boards and he's still got a few years left so it's like but he just feels like he's gonna be a pro like it's just weird i guess we've had dorance armstrong and daniel wise and guys like that that have been pros but he's just what a pickup he was um one other thing yeah iowa state ran for 2.6 yards of carry that's i wonder what i'd expect that going in until late, because they were breaking off like five a pop ish late. It felt like I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys remember it that way, but I, before that, it probably was under two a carry. I mean, in the first half, they couldn't move it at all. They only scored because, oh my god, I almost broke things. But Lance kicked the fifty yard field goal with a kicker that's never kicked a football before. In those conditions, uh, he's I think he's a freshman kicker, and then Iowa State ends up going like. Matt Campbell, I think, Ryan, you tweeted about it or something, but he didn't even call a timeout. He was content going into halftime, 14 nothing, punt it, and then, yeah, we – oh, yeah, he's been on the team, whatever. I don't know if he's even kicked the football. Yeah, the old lefty kicker. People kind of like it. The 50-yarder. Yeah. But this guy – I mean, what – and I don't want to spend too much time, but, like, what has happened to our guy we brought in that was money last season and now is, like – Hitting at like a less than 50% clip. Seth Keller. Yes, I always forget his name. Maybe. Excellent. Um, but <laughs> it it is crazy that those... B-turn, I was with you on the one against OU where it <laughs> short and you freaked out with the ball in the air. Like, here. And then he doesn't get another one there. I'm like, it looks like he's kicking a brick. Like, the ball is just getting no, and I don't know. It's got to be mental at this point, but, yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't care how much wind there is from 40 yards. I (laughs) feel like any kicker in the country or in the world can get it to the goalpost from 40 yards, right? I I think he made a 44-yarder or 45. That's his long for the year, but 
yeah, I'd, I, cause like maybe a 35, 40 yarder you attempted there. I'm not even trying to get mad at Lance or be negative about the game at all, but I'm just, we were talking about the defense and how they really didn't give up points in the first half until we attempted a 50 yarder and gave them good field position. We, if we punt it, that's, it's halftime. They take a knee, it's half. So that's how, yeah, that's how good the defense was, especially in that first half. And I mean, Lance, obviously, I mean, we give Lance all the credit in the world. So I think we can kind of poke fun at some of his decisions. But like, I just love him being on the sidelines, being like, should we kick the field goal? And then being like, oh, I don't know. He just left a 40 yarder short. Like, all right, we'll send in our backup. Like, that is just a crazy thought process. And I'm sure, and Nick, you can even chime in in the chat. Like, I'm sure the lefty kicker just has O and P. Whatever. We gotta learn. He had the distance. We've had so many kickers over the years. Well, the but he, he must just have the stronger leg. Yeah, I mean, it was a decent kick. Owen. Yeah, yep. we're gonna call him Owen P because his name is Owen Piper Gertis. <laughs> but yeah, just funny to be like, yeah, uh, we can either punt and for sure be up fourteen zero at half, or we can just fire out this backup kicker to launch a fifty yarder, which college kids never make fifty yard field goals. Mm-hmm. So, uh. That could have been way worse because they uh that was his first field goal attempt in college. So I don't Yeah, know. but he, he's kicked extra points. I, I do know nineteen yarders extra. that you tote oak <laughs> and that you guys could make. Yeah. That was, it's just one of those decisions where even when they were lining up, you're just like, What is going because even if he made it, you'd be like, dude, Lance, why like I don't I mean, know. What is your guys' percentage in any college football game you watch where you see a kid trotting out the sh- kick a 50 yarder and you're like yep he's gonna make it maybe the Congress hit it georgia that's about it any if if there's a kicker kicking against kansas from anywhere outside of 30 yards i think there's a chance of missing it iowa state last year the dude missed a chip shot like he kicked it out of the booth to the left like it left the stadium I, mean, I love that video because everyone in the stadium thought he made it, and on TV he missed it by like seventy feet. Like he missed it yeah. by so much, but no one reacted until it, even the K State kicker yesterday. Just hilarious, man. I mean, such an easy kick, and those guys just, uh, it it's wild. But yeah, we don't need to spend a ton of time on the defense before we move on from that. A couple things, uh, AB, you mentioned Melo Dotson. He's been unreal, but. Kobe Bryant, Derek Johnson, uh, he hosts a little show with our boy Nick over here, but he (laughs) tweeted, uh, last three games, Kobe Bryant has been targeted five times, and he's given up a total of 13 yards. Like, yeah, Derek from Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, That's crazy. I mean, Kobe Bryant has become a guy that other teams just won't even entertain going after and then you pair that with mellow dotson who's all of a sudden just become a magnet for the ball like we've got a very very excited we just spent time talking about austin booker and the defensive line but then you've got those two guys out there and i think mellow dotson i mean i know he got hurt but it seems like he'll be fine um yeah ab like you said it's it's exciting to think we're not just an excited exciting offense anymore like we are a legitimate like that's just what I can't stop thinking about. We are how many teams in the country, and maybe this is where we might start to spiral out of control. But how many teams in the country could we show up to play and you would have zero percent confidence that we win the game? Like I don't think we be could beat Georgia. I don't think we could beat Michigan. I I, I think there's probably like, but after the top 
five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. I mean, we are that good that I trust us. <laughs> well, we just beat number six Oklahoma, undefeated number six Oklahoma. So, yeah, I mean, the SEC schools would be really tough. Obviously, Georgia be real. We all run it a ton, try to implement the run. It'd be really tough to run it on them. But, yeah, I mean, 95% of the country we could beat, probably over 95 or at least hang with. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. I feel talking about Mello and Kobe and Booker, like those those dudes are all going to be – I don't want to look towards next year, but those dudes are all going to be back. Like our defense is going to be really good. They're going to kill it in the portal. The running backs should be back. JD could like – they and I, I feel like they're not even recruiting at a crazy high level yet. Like they don't have a ton of talent. Like this four-star talent, they're turning them into legit, mm. legit players. And what, we talked about the weight room stuff with Gildersleeve. Like these dudes, they finally look like Power Five football players. So I just can't imagine where they're going to be in two years when OU and Texas are gone. Stuff like and the that. transfer portal. Like you yeah. brought that up multiple times, but I mean, awesome Booker. Uh, I don't know how what his numbers look like, but like Gage Keys, Craig Young, like all those guys. Craig Young looked, I thought, was very good last night at times. Like the dude just Jamie really, Brown. I mean, David yeah. Brown, like he, they're killing in the portal, and it's only going to get easier when you can sit down and say, okay, look, Austin Booker wasn't playing, and now he is an absolute star. And Boy. Craig Brown or <laughs> Craig Young wasn't playing, star. Like, it's crazy to think what these guys are going to be able to do in the transfer portal moving forward defensively and offensively. How are you going to be a running back that's maybe a second-string running back at a really good school, and you go look at what Devin Neal did in his time at KU, you go look at what Hyshaw did at his time, Like, and same with quarterbacks, like I mentioned. Like, it's just, I keep, and uh I can't. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the possibilities of us losing the staff at one point. But like the thoughts of what this, like you just said, B-Turn, what this could be in two, three, four, five years if Lance and this staff stays together. It's. (laughs) It's. You guys know the trajectory we're on. What twenty twenty one? They won two games. Twenty twenty two? They won six games. 2023, they're going to win 10 games, which means in 2024, they're going to win 14 games. Um, that's, that's just how my brain's working right now. I'm just juice, boys. I'm juice. I'm playing combo guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. I am giddy right now about the Kansas football Jayhawks. I just, yeah, two years ago, if you would have told me they'd be top 15, close to top 15 team in the country, seven and two. Winning back-to-back league games, like I would have thought you were crazy. I would have, I would have probably guessed like a bowl team, but like actually talking about Big Twelve titles. And would we have a legit shot to make the playoff this year if it was expanded already? Twelve teams. If we had beat Oklahoma State, a hundred percent. I mean, we're gonna be around. I, I guess mean, not lost that game, and there were twelve <laughs> feet. We could be in the playoff. But what are, I'm saying, what are we gonna be? Um, when the rankings come out in a couple of days, like around what do you think? I don't know, but the AP poll, I mean, oh, you, why does Oklahoma of us? I you, what are we doing? Oh yeah. my god, I'm glad oh. I was brought up. Jeez, SEC bias already for OU, they're not even there yet. What a joke! I didn't even see the poll. Can you guys? We're 19, we went up two spots, and OU's ahead of us, LSU's ahead of us. It's a freaking joke. 
Uh, yes. Um, college we want to access. That's probably how talk yeah, it's more, be then. more disrespect. Wow. Why Why are we only a three and a half point favorite against Texas Tech at home? That's the line. I would have guessed I'm gonna four six and a half. half. Three and a half already, I think. JK thought it'd be a touchdown at least. Dude, I'll tell you what. One good thing about this, <laughs> the only thing I'm positive in winning money at and gambling is oh, Kansas football the last two years. 11 a.m. kickoffs? You like those? Yeah. Little look well, actually, hey, breaking news. I have a five o'clock wedding next week. 11 a.m. game. Threw the idea out to Hannah. She said, you can go, but I'm not going. So, do I go? I mean, plenty of time, right? 3 p.m. Yeah. I mean, what time does that game get over now? If we have a rain delay situation, we could have problems. Oh, uh, it'll be beautiful. So, I think I have plenty of time. Yeah. but I mean, even if you got to leave a little bit early. Yeah. We, it's well, not like we play close football games at home, except yeah. Oklahoma, but... See, I just I picture a booth that is just nuts on Saturday, and there's no more saying like let down game, let down spot for KU, which was a thing last week, and I got it for sure. Like biggest, maybe the biggest win in program history. You're going to a tough environment, a team that needs to win to at least get to a bowl. Um, like it was a tough, that was the toughest spot possible for KU getting up for that game after you just beat OU, emotional win. And they might be thinking the same thing this week where we won a game that we haven't won in a while. But, dude, those, these players are going to be fired up to get back home. Sold-out crowd, it has to be. And it's going to be so loud. Like, I feel like we have a ton of momentum, and I could just see us smacking Texas Tech. Like, I think we could controllably win this game. I know they're they're a good team, obviously. Like, Taj Brooks is really good, and Morton's a solid quarterback. Um, but I just I feel really good going into this game for some reason. Yeah. It's like you said at the beginning, like I'm done tempering my expectation. Until this team shows me otherwise, I'm going to go. When when I think we're the better team, I'm just going to go in expecting to win. Like I think we are far better than Texas Tech. I think three and a half is wildly disrespectful. I thought I thought even being dogs, I, I mean, it was a tough spot, but I thought us being dogs to Iowa State was a little disrespectful. Like we just freaking beat OU and we – Really should I mean we were could have won in Stillwater two weeks prior to that so it's just I don't know it it is weird it's also a little worrisome maybe is it a little worrisome that this is a game where we're going to be terrified the whole way and a game that because not that momentum would go away but it would really be a tough tough feeling to go from thinking we're about to head into K State. Eight and two, still Big Twelve title potentially on the line, and instead you're going in seven and three, losing to Texas Tech in a game where you thought you could just probably win easily. So, not that it's a letdown spot, but is it maybe just like is Tech potentially sneaky under the radar? I don't know. You did. I'm all. I'm already horrified. I'll tell you that much. Um, one thing that stuck out to me is Tech's four and five. So they need two wins to get to a bowl, and their last game of the year is at Texas, and they cannot rely on winning in Austin. So they might be a little desperate coming in to get to five wins, Then I think it's UCF next week at home, which they should win. So it's a little scary in that regard, but I, I've kind of been trashing Texas Tech all year when everyone in the preseason was like, they're the it team, like they're bringing so much back. And I kept saying, 
why is everyone saying Texas Tech is like this dark horse to win the Big 12 because they have everybody coming back when there's another team that has everyone coming back that's getting like preseason player awards? And I don't know. It just didn't make yeah. sense to me. But now Texas Tech sucks and the, uh, that other team's doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, I, I am very nervous for this because it seems like a stinky line. Tech might be desperate. And not only, I don't believe that Lance lets this happen, but in theory, it could be both a little bit of a letdown spot plus a look ahead spot looking at the K State. And it's like, yeah. but again, I thought this last week in Iowa State, I, I had no confidence going into yesterday's game. And they just proved me wrong. So I, I'm tired of trying to predict spots and stuff. I think KU should win by, you know, more than a score at home against really anybody outside the top three, four teams in the conference. Yeah, especially Bean having all the confidence in the world. Like he just went into Ames against a really well coached team, um, defensive mind. Like that defense is really solid. And he made the throws. He had a great game, 90.8 passer, um, passing grade according to PFF, so I don't see why our offense couldn't move it against theirs, and I feel like our defense has been slept on. Um, the Texas game feels like a crazy outlier to like the rankings, how people view our defense. They had 650 yards or whatever, but since then, I think they've been super solid. I mean, like you said, Iowa State, two yards of carry. Dylan Gabriel couldn't really do much against KU's defense. I know the weather was tough, but I think our defense is better than Tex and our offense, and we're better coached. Yeah, so it would be, it would be, it would be rough, really hard to swallow loss. I think like it would, I would probably have much rather lost Iowa if like if we end up losing the Texas Tech. I'd probably say I would have. I wish we would have lost Iowa State because I do not want any bad vibes going into K- KSU game. Um, so let me throw this scenario out because I love you know we we throw out scenarios all the time. Let's say we play Texas Tech Saturday. Jason Bean plays bad, throws three interceptions. We lose the game. The next day they announce Jalen Daniels is cleared to play. Who's starting against Kansas State? Jalen. I mean, hasn't Lance kind of maintained that Jalen's the starter when healthy, even when he's playing this well? Nick may know this in the chat, but, like, has he said that? since these last two games like i feel like you said it this past week how much do you worry about how much do you worry about jd just being rusty against k-state you're getting over the back injury you don't fully trust the back you haven't had game action in a couple weeks he didn't even practice last week i don't like yeah i mean it's not probably going to happen i know what you're saying when we talked about how this is beans team now but things can change really fast the same way the fan base went from angry at Jason Bean to loving Jason Bean and being saying things we're saying like it's his team now but that could all change with one bad performance against Texas Tech um so it, it's very interesting it's a weird weird situation and I'm not even going to try to get into speculating on what the heck's going on I I just want to say this because I've had people like DM me and text me being like the, the transfer stuff is still running rampant, but, like, we trotted him out as a captain last week. There is no chance, if you thought this guy was transferring, that you send him out on the field fully in uniform as a captain of your football team. So, all I, I can confidently say is 
And who knows? Well, the transfer really stuff doesn't make sense to me, though. Like, no. at all. It's not like he's been a guy that, yeah, he's been awesome, but it's like, it has, every time he's played well, it really truly has the feel that he's been, like, super into KU football, the new era oh. stuff, everything, like, it just never came off or still doesn't come off as he wants out to go to UCLA or something. Like, it just that just doesn't. It's frustrating me in a way that, and I don't know what the staff should be saying. I really don't. But, like, to me, it sucks for Jalen because, yeah, you're right. Jalen Daniels has loved Kansas football. The new era thing, like you said, he was all in on Kansas football. And if he stays another year, and even if he finishes this year somehow and leads us to a big bowl win, he's going to be one of the most beloved Kansas football players of all time. And so it's just been making me like legitimately sick to think about the fact that people have now kind of turned on Jalen when really all that could be happening, it's very possible and it's probably the most likely scenario that he's actually just hurt. And it's about it last year. Yeah. It's like and it's just, it's something new. And I get it. I think the staff being we and saying last week that, yeah, he's available if needed, and this week he can't even get on a bus and travel with the team. That is weird. I do not blame anyone for being like, what's going on? But I just can't stand that people think Jalen Daniels is a guy that just wanted to randomly quit on this team week four and leave. There's no way that's what's going on here. I I mean, I feel like he's just hurt, and I don't yeah. know. Lance and the staff are weird about communicating stuff. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's weird. It would, like, him transferring that wouldn't even make sense. Like, first off, why would he want to be missing these big-time games on national television in a huge spotlight against top 10 teams? Like, if you ball out at Texas, you ball out against OU. Like, it's not like it's old KU where they're winning two games a year and the staff's not putting you in a good spot to succeed. Like, you have a great play caller, great head coach, you're ranked, you're playing against all these really good teams on national TV. Like, what what would make him want to transfer besides, like, maybe being closer to home or he's just getting a massive bag from someone? Like, I, it just it doesn't make sense to me um, because you could go – I mean, you could go to a big-time school. I know JD's really good. Um, you could go to a big-time school and compete for a job, right? Like, you could have a five-star recruit coming into USC or wherever they think it, he's going, and you'd have to compete for a job, and then you're just missing this year, and you're missing chances to raise your stock um, for, N like, the NFL. You, you're missing out on all these games. Like, why would he want to miss these games? And he would still have a year left regardless of the red shirt. Like, why would he want to, why would he want to red shirt? Like, you want to go, you want to go pro as soon as you can. Yeah, it makes zero sense i have no idea because we're good like we're a good team Kotal yeah. nicky and jd like yeah he could go to this big school but really like this you guys might think this sounds crazy but what really has jd proved like to these big time schools like the that they can't go get probably from i mean yeah i'm sure he's very I mean, he's preseason big 12 player of the year so if you are like a west coast school that's like uh we need a quarterback yeah i can see but like he can compete at Kansas now like it's not a situation where he can't win here if he comes back next year in the new big 12 now I'm not going to get too crazy here but we could easily be top pick top three in the league next year if you have Neil Daniels everyone back yeah you can argue one but it's what us and 
K-State, Utah. Yeah. Arizona Wildcats, baby. But dead fishes. So I don't want to spend too much time on the transfer talk, but I just wanted to like get that out there. Like if you were just looking at this from a non-conspiracy theory, looking at the facts, Jalen Daniels was a captain on the field ten nine days ago, eight days ago. There's no way he's he may, I don't know. Who knows? He could transfer. I don't even know, but I would guarantee you the decision has not been made. That is not why he's not playing football games right now. Well, transferring would be way riskier than staying, right? Yeah. You go to a whole new staff, have to learn a whole new offense. You the Khalil knows if you have the job. totally different because the program was in shambles. And that guy wanted to go to the league, and he felt, if I can go play for a bigger brand. And it worked out. It was a good decision by Khalil Herbert. Jalen Daniels is now like the face of Kansas football when he's playing good. It would make no sense for him to go play for even UCLA or USC. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy that these are the conspiracy theories. It sucks. I feel really bad for him because it's not fair at all, but also it is weird. So I, in a weird way, I don't blame fans for being frustrated and being confused because you don't normally see it go down like this. But like if he, if the decision was already made up, I feel like Lance would say that. No, like that wouldn't be private if he was already out of here. Yeah. Why would Lance continue to waste his time with all the questions and media and concerns and even him at practice if he was going to bail and six weeks when the season ends like it just doesn't make any sense at all the only thing i could maybe see and i don't even like that i'm throwing out these theories but like is it a is it a potential i don't know is it a potential that like jalen's family is like not wanting him to risk injury at all or something and so like that's where it's not fair that i'm even saying that like now we're dragging his fan it's crazy what these have become and what has got our minds doing but I don't know, like Lance almost always seems a little irritated with the medical staff when he answers questions like, well, we got to do what our medical says instead of just being like, yep, he's not ready. It's always like medical says he's not ready. Like, so I don't know it. Well, the rumor some people were running with is Lance leaving and JD following him. But why why wouldn't the staff want the better quarterback playing right now to help them win more games? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, why would they sit him against Texas? Like, if because if you win that Texas game, you're literally in the playoff talk. The only and way then, that thing works is if you have an absurdly good year and get a big job offer. Like, and why would you even want JD? Like, you're gonna look out for the player. Why would you want him to lose a year? Like. You would want him to play and try to help his stock out instead of like saving him for two more years. I think if he were to leave, he could leave, go play one year, and go pro. Like, why would you need to get him the extra year? Yeah, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. We've already spent too. I hate. I want to. I want to ask. Um, what are both of your guys's confidence level one through ten on KU finishing ten and two regular season? And can't say seven. That's a cop out. You are not allowed to say seven. Um, I made that rule. It's actually a rule I heard this guy talk about. If what? you ask people, no, it's a good thing. If you say, hey, on a scale of one to 10, give me an answer, but you can't say seven because if someone says above seven, they feel really good about whatever you're asking them to rate. And if they say below, they're not feeling that good about it. But seven's always a cop out number to be like, yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, 
don't make them. My, feel I like guess that. my question to that theory is why not just put it right in the middle at five, which is kind of like the uneasy zone, anyways. I feel like naturally five, you're 50 50 on it. Which yeah, is just. If you tell me five right now, I'm saying you don't believe in this team. If you tell me seven, I think you maybe could, but I'm going to tell you mine. I think I'm in an eight. I really do. I think we, I think we win. I, I mean, because we're beating Texas Tech, I think we should. There's no doubt we should beat them. And then we're beating Cincinnati. So it all comes down to the game we've been talking about all year. And and you're 80% certain they win that game? I'm not. But I don't. See, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, but is that, I mean, I don't know. We're going to be favored. If we were like a winning, if we were like a winning program over the last ten ish years, would it be a guaranteed eight, or do we just think they're going to lose because it's KU and we haven't beat K State since '08? Look, man, I could talk about K State now. I think they're frauds for hours. But again, I've said on this pod, I've made a promise to myself: I will not predict for KU hours. in that game until I see it. So I'm just, I don't feel that great on a scale of one to ten, but. I could be wrong. That's just What's me sticking number? to my principles. What's seven? Seven. No, like a, an absolute like a four or five. I I think it's like a toss up. Wow. I right. would have guessed you say a rise said like five or six. No, because I'm done been doing right that's in and two. Eastern. I'm done letting anything from the past affect what I think about this team. And not that AB's doing that, but like this team's just good and we're I am a little bit. Yeah. So Four. I mean, if you think it's four, you just don't think we're going to do it, is the way I look at a four. No, it's just a three-game parlay, essentially, is how I view it. And one of them, we're only what? Yeah, uh, but it's not we an are only like it's a confidence two, level. And then, yeah, I can, any, yeah. Adding on the parlay. Any what? guesses on what we might be ranked when the playoff rankings come out in a couple days? How much does it matter? I mean, it's still I cool seeing KU up there. And what would we be... What would we be at if we won that game in Stillwater? Like, are we inside the top ten? You think? Yes, and I, I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about. Oh, you don't speak mad. But I think tomorrow, what will be? We could be sixteen, seventeen. I don't know. I feel like we get a little more respect, but eight people can f off. That was a joke. Yeah, and I guess if we if we do run the table ten and two, are we inside the top ten with teams losing? Or I just I really like if we won out and the playoff was expanded. I know this is stupid, but we really would we'd be talking playoff right now if it was twelve teams. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's exciting with the new Big Twelve, and if Lance stays around, like we will be in contention to play in the freaking playoff. That's I don't feel bad about that take at all. I want to skip ahead a week. I think next week's episode has potential to be very fun. Yeah. I mean, we we guaranteed a winning season first time since, man, Gina, like, Leipold's the best, I'm scared to say this, but Leipold's the best head coach in KU history. Like, best head coach. I think, yeah, unfortunately, for our program's sake, I think that is correct, which is not a good thing. But and I wonder where Bean would be ranked quarterback-wise, at least since Reasing. He's got to be one. I mean, Carter was good. He didn't have the staff. Yeah, he's like but... fourth all-time in 
touchdowns by a Kansas quarterback only behind Jalen Daniels. Some crazy stat like that. I was laughing out loud when I read that last night. Uh, he has like he's one touchdown pass behind Jalen Daniels for top five all time. I don't even know. It's so stupid. But um, I just picture Ryan like seventy or eighty years old telling his grandkids, "If we would have won that game in Stillwater, we could have a national championship in football." It, I just the way that brings me more comfort, or the way that like I have internally handled it is if we win in Stillwater, we would have lost against Oklahoma. Like, that's just what I keep telling myself. That's how the game goes. You win some coin flips, you lose some coin flips. We were due to start winning them with how many close games Lance and the staff have had. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Outside shot at game day in a couple weeks. Just keep that in mind. So AB, AB sits in a room all day and just tracks schedules. I do. Well, here's the issue is we might have a top 10 game with Washington at Oregon State. Uh, that's going to be tough. EJ, to I don't know if they've ever been to Corvallis, but it feels like a spot they want to get before they're not relevant anymore. Um, also, basketball starts tomorrow, and I wanted to say this because I saw it today. If you go to Game Time, the ticket website, $2 tickets to get into Allen Fieldhouse tomorrow. $2. <laughs> So I don't blame him because I know and like that's not great and we're not good apparently anyone that's never been to the field house or like wants to go for cheap and doesn't really get the opportunity to go that often it's a Monday night there's not a whole lot going on shitty Monday night football game go spend you could literally spend 10 bucks and bring your family to the game tomorrow so I don't even think KU basketball should put out a team this year just cancel the season they're no good they're going to be a two speed we do, I mean, that was an all-time performance from our Kansas Twitter, but we're not going to do that tonight. But we do need to do a uh, a basketball, like, preview episode. It's weird. Like, I'm not even ready for basketball at all. Um, but maybe before Kentucky, we get something out where we truly start to talk about what the team could look like. Because I feel like these first two games are just basically extension of exhibition games. So, hey, if, if you can barely squeak by Fort Hayes State, I think, Manhattan could hang with us. True. We'll see. Mm. I All forgot right. that well, game was even happening last week, to be honest. Yeah. Football. It's yeah, so football. cool being good at football. I was late to watch the game. I didn't go. And then I'm cooking HelloFresh. I'm not sure if you guys saw my tweet. I did. I'm so out on HelloFresh. So I'm what? No, we should talk about that, actually, because I'm question. I, I wanted to know more why and your thoughts on it. Like, to me, it seems very convenient. That it's every you don't have to measure anything. You don't have. To, I've done it a handful of times. It always produces what? pretty food. But like, why am I chopping up cilantro and uh, tomatoes and onions and like I don't want to do that. If I wanted to do that, I would go grocery shopping and I'd just cook. And I know that I probably just didn't read up enough on what HelloFresh was, but I it said fifteen minute prep time, and I was chopping onions until for an hour. And my follow-up question to this is, how were your knife skills? Not good at all. But So, yes, I'm just not the target demo, I don't think. Sure. I was blown away at how difficult the process was. And even Hannah, who has better knife skills, was shocked at how much of a grind it was. I mean, we were cooking meals for an hour every night last week. It's a joke. I thought it was all about convenience. One thing I will say is the portion thing's probably good because... I can't cook for two people. I don't know. I've never been in an environment where two people need to be cooked for. So 
if I'm making dinner for the lady and myself, or she's making dinner, she's from a big family too. It's like, we're going to have so many leftovers and never eat them and end up yeah, throwing them out. So it's like, Oh, we try. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's wrap this up so we can go watch Sunday Night Football yeah. and uh, dinner, too. So, <laughs> all right, boys. Well, that's, just having to do. that's all that matters, and we will be back next week. Rock Shock. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.